Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Glam Mirror. Hi, I'm Dr. Tavisa Mir, and you are joining me for Glam Mirror. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Glam Mirror. I'm here with someone I have such a huge fan crush on, Alicia Quarles. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I have a girl crush right back. Oh my gosh. So, you know, as if I need to tell anybody who you are, but you're basically, you're a journalist. Yes. You were, you started with the Associated Press, you've mm-hmm. been on E! News, but you've been hosting or on the red carpet of hundreds of real events, like the Glammies, mm-hmm. the, the Glammies. You, you, are you starting your own award show? I want I to call be, it the Glammies. I like that. I think that's cool. But Grammys, Oscars, Golden Globes. Yes. You name it. Every red carpet, major Cannes Film Festival, I've done it. I'm a red carpet queen. And also, like, you've interviewed... Oh, Oprah, you've interviewed Brad Pitt. Like, hello, yeah, you're the real Clooney, deal. Madonna, it's, 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 I've had a fun career, cannot complain. We were talking just before we started about how like, how you had such a blessed career. But, you know, I want to hear about the goodies about being on the red carpet, but I also want to get into, like, there's a lot of work that goes behind yes. the scenes. Yes. And you're a woman, you're a, you know, a woman of color, you're a minority, but mm-hmm. you've hustled and you got there, and I get that, so. It's true, I think, you know what I always say, I'm like, pretty can be taken away from you and glam can be taken away from you, unfortunately, but nobody's gonna take away your intelligence or hard work. Oh my God, so amen. I, you know, and it's like, look, you have to put in the fundamentals. So for all those little girls that tweet me and say, I wanna be on TV, I wanna say to them, there's more to it than that. Yeah. So I went to USC, go Trojans, and studied broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was there, just because you wanted to be on air, it didn't matter to them. You had to do the fundamentals. So we had right. to learn to write for newspapers. I did tens of internships. You had to learn how to write, you which had to is learn how so to write. what people don't know how to do that. Yeah. Even I like like realized how difficult that was. It's just you know? a great skill. And even now I still write print articles because it's a skill I never want to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you had to learn how to shoot video, edit on Final Cut. So when I left college, I had all these skills. Yeah. Yeah. So I started as a producer with the Associated Press. Um, and, and that's something I don't know if a lot of yeah. people realize. You started at the Associated did, Press, like hard-hitting journalism. Hard-hitting news, yeah. What was some of the stuff that I've seen that you've covered? It was really funny. I was reading about you, and I saw that you covered Ronald Reagan's funeral. I was just going to bring that up. But wait, can I just tell you before I hear about this? I was like, girl's, girl's young. How did she, how was she at his inauguration? I don't understand. I messed up inauguration and With funeral. The funeral. And I was like, how <laughs> like, is she what? old enough? She must have been three years old when that I happened. I was about one when he like, went She office. started soon. <laughs> I really, but I'm like, oh, wait, funeral. Okay, wait, funeral. wait, wait. <laughs> so I graduated college when I was 20, so I started a little young. But yeah, yeah I remember that was one of my first big assignments when he died. And I remember having to sneak into Bel Air and I was in like the the poison ivy across the street from his mansion mm-hmm. but you know we were, out, we were doing a stakeout and that weekend was also like the MTV Awards mm-hmm. so I think the next day were you day, covering both? I covered both yeah and you were with the Associated Press That's at that time? I was with the AP at that time and so then I would do hard news and I would also do entertainment mm-hmm. so 
But AP, you know, I wanted to be on air. They didn't have anybody that was on air, and they wanted us to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I still, like, whenever I went in the field, I would do my stand-ups, and I was really bad. Yeah. I was nervous. Like, what do you mean, like, like stand-up, like, on-the-spot interviews? Yeah, see, Those yes. are hard. So stand-up is, like, basically, I wanted to create my own reel. So mm-hmm. it'd be like, Alicia Quarles uh-huh. on the scene of blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Or, you know, and it wasn't easy, and they're uh-huh. hard. But I, I was yeah. like, this is what I want to do. I've just got to keep putting myself out there. Yeah. And eventually, I had a little reel. It wasn't good, but... Throughout the years, you know, I got promoted and came up and up and came to New York to run the East Coast TV department for AP. Um, and then started, when I break news, I would go on air. So, like, Fox News is where I really started. Uh-huh. I would go on air and talk about my stories. And from then, I became the global entertainment editor. I oversaw a staff of about 60 people. Yeah, I, I was saw writing, that editing, working. It's amazing. Then eventually, I went to E. It's so crazy because um, breaking news. I yes. always, like... For example, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on in the news. And when you see breaking news and you see these reporters, um, I remember watching, like, for example, Ashley Banfield yeah. when the whole rock kind of thing happened. Mm-hmm. I know I sound so, i just dumbing it down, but she was on TV a lot and she was always on. And, you know, there are times where she just looked exhausted. Yes. Did that happen? Yes, it's very true. I know Ashley, she's an awesome person. But yeah, I mean, when, when there's breaking news, when something like uh, Katrina happens, even though at the time AP, I was in entertainment, you still cover it. Mm-hmm. You know, those inaugurations, those really big events. Yeah, you are exhausted. Um, when we were there, my coworker Nikesa Moody broke the death of Whitney Houston. Yeah, you were I there her, for that, Yeah, right? I was her boss at the time, so ultimately I had to be the one to say, yes, put out that news to the world. Then I arranged for all the cameras to be in Whitney's funeral, so the footage you, you all saw. You arranged all yeah. of that. Wow. So the footage you all saw is what I had. Like, we didn't sleep for weeks. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson died. You know, we don't sleep for weeks because you have to find out how did he die? What happened? You're getting all this misleading information. Who do you get your information from? Because they always say inside sources. Like, who are these inside sources? Well, you know, a good reporter never gives away their sources. Well, it's but funny. <laughs> I, but, but, no, I would love for you to tell me, like, who, are they really, like, family members? Like, or you just can't it say. It can be. No, no, no yeah. it can range. It can be family members. It could be publicists. It could be somebody that's with the police department. I mean, sources come from everywhere. It could be hairdressers. Yeah. You know, these are people that you've built relationships with. It could be the actual celebrity. They want the information out there, but they don't want to be exposed. And they want to control how it gets out there. Yeah. We had somebody um, on here who told us that the way they get their sources is they hire girls to ride the elevators at like award ceremonies. It's because that's when people talk. They talk in elevators and they talk in bathrooms. So True, he hires do. girls to like hang out in the elevators and bathrooms because that's when you hear the chatter. Like you think you're alone. It's smart. See, there's there's certain ways to do it. That's not I, how I would do it because it's not really ethical. You know, ne- I never no, pay. I never pay sources. <laughs> yeah, it's different. You know, but I'm not knocking it. But I never ever pay sources. It's not my thing. Uh-huh. You know, just I think the big thing is break bread with people. Uh-huh. Go have a drink with somebody. Go take them to dinner and also with your sources, check in with them just to say hi. Don't just call somebody when you need something. Exactly. And that's important in life. No, I agree. Well, it's different kind of journalism. Yeah. Right. So, um, but you know. So I, I have you asked me how long I've had this podcast. It's yeah. been coming up on a year now. Congratulations. Thank you. But you know, the thing that people don't understand is it's hard work. Yes. I'm not asking anybody to like cue the violins, but you know, I remember being in this conference with this girl and she was like, oh, well, who gets your guests for you? I'm like, you get your guests I get my guests. <laughs> who who writes your questions for you? I write my mm-hmm. questions. Like mm-hmm. I, I do everything. And then up till the point that I'm getting here, I'm still scribbling notes because when I'm interviewing you, I want you to feel like I already know who you are yes. because I've been on the other side where people have no idea who I am and they ask questions that I'm like, you know, you could have like just done a little research, had a please, little bit yeah. of Google in you and gotten found out so it's hard work and I want to kind of speak to that like I think one of the things I love talking about are 
women and especially young girls knowing that there are role models out there that yes. aren't just you know Instagram models. Yes. Nothing wrong with that because that's their thing. But that's not the only thing. That's not the only thing, and and that's what it is. I think you know, yeah, we we live in New York. Mm -hmm. You and I are, are privileged to certain things, but we work really hard. Yeah. So you know, a typical day might be I get up at five a.m. You know, I do a report for Today Show, mm -hmm. and then after that, because I still write, I'm probably breaking in a breaking news story. You know, that yeah. I'll write for any of my outlets that I work for. Yeah, I could go host a special for VH1. Yeah, and then of course you've got meetings, other things, and then there's a premiere at night that I have to cover. Yeah. Um, you're always on the go. Always, always on the go. Because I think if you're not, somebody else will be. Somebody else will be. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, is keeping your energy high. Yes. Because I know that's exhausting. Like, I was in LA, LA and um, I had to, sh not had to, I was privileged. I don't want to say had to, because I, I booked five guests at my show out there. Amazing. And I was like, I got up that morning, I'm like, coffee, water, jumping jacks. Yes. Let's get this yes, going. Let's get it going. It's <laughs> yeah. so true, yeah. But I find that while I'm doing it, I'm on a high. Like, are you finding that that's how you are, too? You're on a Absolute high. So, like, Sunday, I co-hosted um, for Anna Winter and Vogue live from the Tony Awards. Mm. And, you know, doing any so live cool. shows is exhausting. Like, yeah. It, like, well, but you're on a high. I've never hosted the Tony show. But you will, darling. <laughs> the Glammies. Never know. The Glammies. <laughs> but, you know, the next day, like, literally, my body hurt. Because yeah. you, you put your all into it, and you're on a high. And the next day, it, it hurt, physically, you hurt. But yeah. you just got to keep going. But, yeah. you know, it's like it beats sitting in a cubicle. Well, it's absolutely. And you know what? Every single time, I, I never feel like, oh, my God. I feel like, wow, I'm really tired. But, like, I'll get up that morning, and I'll be like, listen. Let's stop and think about the fact that I'm in Los Angeles, yes. I'm in New York City, I'm, I'm walking into CBS, and I have a show. Like, come on. It's awesome. I worked my tail off to get here. So, But the funny thing is, while I'm doing it, I'm so much energy, then I'm so exhausted the next day. Yes. And um, people are like, how do you do it? How do you do it? For me, I have I can't drink. Like, I know that's, that's it. I, unless it's like unless it's like a party that has yeah. nothing to do with work, I can't drink. How about you? I can't. No, I can drink in the week definitely. Um, because I'm always at some yeah, event. Yeah. But like not too crazy. I think what's the one thing? I don't get a lot of sleep. So yeah, I'm 34 right now. I don't know. I don't know what it is. The grace of God. You know, I do work out. I eat pretty well. Don't just cut back on your alcohol. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean that was that's pretty much the same thing because yeah. my sleep hasn't changed. Yeah. See, and, and you sometimes it's what hard. works for you. And sometimes it's hard to shut your brain down. It is hard. And I find I have to work out. Like if mm -hmm. I don't work out my energy won't be high see i stopped working out you know yeah, why she's this big you guys she's <laughs> tiny <laughs> i left you now i hate you no no you know what it is um i love the endorphins of working out and i freaking love it and i miss it but i found that the guilt from not getting up like for me in yeah. order to work out i have to tell you it was a tough decision in order for me to work out i have to get up at six in the morning mm -hmm. right yep. and uh, oftentimes i can't shut my brain down until midnight one o'clock so you like you need the extra hour of sleep yeah. versus yeah it was more of like a choice that I made because I thought I could I could say that I'm gonna work out not work out and, and then feel, feel immense guilt about mm -hmm. that or just say you know what I'm not gonna work out I'm not gonna feel bad about it but I'll get my exercise other ways we can walk in New York yeah we do walk everywhere you know? I like you for like not having that guilt because it's true when I don't work out I feel so guilty yeah but so some days it's just not feasible and can I tell you something about guilt and um, what that does to you like physiologically break it down well yeah it hikes up your cortisol levels your cortisol levels um, are increased when you're under stress and okay. guilt is a form of stress and guess what that does puts weight on you this is a smart I'm woman hello you. so I, I medically reasoned so I was gonna it. say <laughs> smart woman okay so how do you stay happy because um, you know I know that you've had a lot of personal mm -hmm. changes in the past year mm -hmm. um, and I, I you know we all go through this as women yeah. like we're just like I mean there are times where I want something to happen so badly career-wise and it just hasn't hit yet right, right. and I'm just like oh it's never gonna happen right. and I get disappointed and I've learned that I can't stay sad for too long 
because exactly. I just can't. You just I can't. Ha- so you've had a lot of changes. Yeah. I'd love for you to share with us. Yeah, I mean, I have the past couple years. Um, my best friend died of cancer. Went through divorce, yeah. switched jobs and careers, and so that, I mean that's I mean, like those three, are three things huge things at once. Yeah, and so I think it's a few things. I think mm-hmm. I made certain, certain things were out of my control. Like mm-hmm. losing my friend wasn't in my control, mm-hmm. but what was in my control is care on her legacy and mm-hmm. to raise awareness about ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. So how old was she? Thirty four. That's so that's so sad. It's it's horrible. I mean it's it's scary because it it's it's so young. And, yes, but it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of, and you yeah. know in those moments where I was feeling sad, I do something. Like I just wrote this article for Time. Mm-hmm. It'll be um, out June twenty seventh, and it was it's about her. So. I, you know, started working with Bright Pink. So I, instead of being sad, I get, I get, I put it into action. Yeah. And then also, it's just about being grateful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these things aren't in your life anymore. But look what God has brought you. Look what all the other stuff. So I know what you're saying about sometimes you want something so badly. Oh, Maybe yeah. it's a marriage to work. Maybe it's a career. But my mom always says, "Be still and get out of your own way." Yeah. And so just be easy. You can only do what you can do. Yeah. And just be grateful. Life is good. Life is good, right? Yeah. I think the gratitude is. You know, this is the thing. I was talking to somebody, and she was one of my first podcast interviewees and she had had a near-death experience but she didn't really talk too much about what happened as she was dying she talked about the fact that when she came out of it she was trapped in her body she was in a coma but completely aware like she she was able to um like not a coma where she was completely unconscious Mm -hmm. she was awake but she was intubated and she could hear things she could she knew people were in the room but she's like do you understand what it was like that i couldn't talk I couldn't move. I couldn't move. The only thing I had is my mind to get me through it. And I remember getting goosebumps because she's in her body trapped and all she had was her mind. And she was strong enough to If she had a negative attitude on life, she probably wouldn't have made it's it. True, it's true, but right? she's a survivor, yeah. And it taught me even more the power of a positive brain. Yeah, it's it's, it's really like and also I think, you know, I'm I'm spiritual and I'm not somebody that's going to you know, believing what you believe in, but for me, God never gives you more than you can bear. Yeah. And I look at how I was what two years say. ago. You know, I feel I, I feel like okay, you're a woman now. Like you've gone through some things. Yeah. And you survived, and I wasn't like built to break. You know. Right. So yeah. you just gotta yeah, you gotta look at the joyful things in life. Look at the great people in your life. Because out of bad things, you, you see people's you know true identities. Yeah. So I've cleaned house a lot, but I have so many good people in my life. And how is it now being single woman? Okay, it's fun actually. Right? Yeah. I don't like that word single. It doesn't mean like it doesn't it's not a bad thing. It's I not guess a bad I thing. can go home whenever I want. I can sleep as late as I want. Um Our I don't have to exactly how we left them. Exactly. <sighs> no one's got the toilet. I mean, there's not bad things. Not and I mean bad. with men too. It's like there's something be grateful if you're single because there's a lot of great things about it. Like, exactly. You know, we all sit there and we're taught to feel bad. Yeah. We are taught to feel bad. And it's funny because the first year it was like hard. I had never lived by myself really if I mm-hmm. thought about it. So I had to get to know me again, yeah. which was scary sometimes. But I mean, we live in New York. Being single is fun. Dating is fun. Yeah. But even forgetting about the dating and the single part, sometimes it's just a huge adjustment from being married to being on your own. Yes. And how did you find that you got through that? Um, I have incredible friends and family. Like, incredible. So I'm really close to my parents and my sister. So if I ever need anything, they're right there. Mm -hmm. And then just these group of friends I have here in the city. And I think because we're all from somewhere else in New York, you've got to have that support system. And I'm lucky that I have. And my little dog, Beckham, is always there. I gotta get an animal, get a, but get I really travel too much. You do too, so I who am too. I talking about? Yeah, just bring about, him so. with you. Um, what, are there any books that you're reading right now that you like, that you felt? And I hate being answered, asked that question yes. because there's usually never a book I'm reading that I can refer to right at that moment, but there have been books in the past that have helped me. I just read The Paris Wife. So it's about Ernest Hemingway's first wife, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. I read it when I was in LA in like two days, and I'm really? the person that goes through a book. 
it's just so interesting. So it's about how she was, you know, helped him in his career, funded his career, and at the height of his career, he left her for uh-huh. her best friend. Oh lord! And it's about how she got through that. But uh-huh. it's just it's, it's a fascinating book. So that one I really liked. Just a good read. I have to look into that. My all time favorite, like for that sort of genre, is The Alchemist, and I'm sure yes, you've read that. So good. I, I remember finishing that book thinking, oh my god, I'm never gonna read a book this good ever again. <laughs> it's, it's a book you can reread. Like it's yeah, so good. It's time. It's so it's good. Time. And then like as far as getting through hard times, people were, were sending me like self help books and all these books I'm just not that girl I tried them they're all on my bookshelf yeah I just I was like I'm I'll be all right (laughs) the funny thing about self-help books are the following like they're they have great words but like for example I have a friend who was going through a breakup and I sent and she was acting so victim-y like look what he did to me and so I sent her this book to basically be like girl get out of this whole victim mentality right and she literally would photocopy or sorry screenshot um, passages and send this to me saying, I need to send this to him. Look Ooh. what he's doing. And so I was it didn't like, really help her. Oh, Lord. It was like, I, I was like, no, boo, this is for you to read, not for you to read and think of him. You ran, know? Right over her head. Yeah. She was like, I got to send this to him. Look what he's doing to me. I was like, no, no, no. You're doing that to, to you. yourself. Exactly. So I'm like, forget the self help. That's book. funny. Forget it because she's just going to look at every passage like, that's it. I was right. He was wrong. Is she still angry or did she get over it? No, she's still angry. Okay. Oh. It's been like four years. Well, okay. She's going to stay angry. That's all right. It's not nothing I can you can help. God can help. Jesus can fix it. Jesus can fix it. <laughs> fix it, Jesus. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glammere with Dr. Taba Samir. So moving on to like entertainment, yes. Um, you know, you had a career change with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're amazing on TV. Thank you. You're just so you're so you have such a great, you know, energy, Thank and you, you ask questions that aren't stupid. Appreciate <laughs> you saying that. Thank you. Um, how do you single yourself out? Because there are a lot of people out there doing what you right. do or trying to do what you do, really badly want to be in your position, and they just didn't put in the work ahead of time. And that's it. I think, you know, no matter what, if you don't put in the work ahead of time, mm-hmm. it, you're going to fall at some point. Yeah. So, you know, you work with great producers, and they help prepare you. They help with questions. But the point is, I always do the research. So, like, yeah. I will do it on my own. And people like working with me because of that. They know mm-hmm. that I'll do it. And I think how you separate yourself is don't try to be anybody else, right? Yeah. All of us have our own special, unique gifts. So when I'm on air, I never try to dumb myself down. Yeah. I know what I know. I can go toe-to-toe on politics. I can go yeah. toe-to-toe on whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm also the girl that loves fashion. So yeah. I'm not going to let anybody belittle me because I like certain things. I'm smart woman. Mm-hmm who likes makeup and fashion. That's mm-hmm. okay. That's me. Girl, that's fine. I get it. You know what's really funny about politics is um, I actually don't care about politics. Not even this cycle? I do this cycle because it's so absolutely obnoxious and fascinating yes. with the Hillary Clinton. That This is a unique situation. But I honestly have to tell you, for the most part, I, I don't know why I'm so jaded. I just feel it doesn't matter who gets in there. They're never going to really be able to do what they want. That's how a lot of Americans feel, though. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why you see people like Trump, you know, getting where he is because yeah. people are like look we've tried everything else yeah. let's give this guy a go well I mean I think Trump just spews out whatever he wants to say he just like you know he just says whatever he wants and it just resonates with people because people are fed up and I can understand why he's so polarizing because he, people actually believe he can do something 
Right. Know? He spits out whatever he wants. But yeah. the thing is, without he, any kind of like, there's no fact repercussions. Checking. <laughs> no fact checking, but there's also no repercussions. Yeah. This man says whatever he wants. I know. And, he's, and that's been infuriating. Yeah. Like, you know, why is it that he is allowed to say whatever he wants? Right. And no one's like, listen, what you're saying is incorrect. That's what's fascinating to me. And I think, though, Trump is not, you know, whatever your politics are, Trump isn't the problem. It's the people voting for him. He obviously yeah. represents a whole lot of people in this country that yeah. feel that way. And that's the scary part. The scary part for me is I hope that it's it's called the United States of America. Mm -hmm. My parents came here because it was the United States right. of America. That's right. And I, I just don't want it to change. It's, I, he's changing it to, I feel, the divided states of America. I agree. And, you know, his stance on immigration, you know, his current wife is an immigrant. Mm -hmm. Ivana was, Ivanka was an his immigrant. His mother was an immigrant. Yes, our country's like, built on immigrants. Was an immigrant. So it's, Donald Trump's mother is an immigrant. Like It's, it's scary. It's, it's so bizarre to me. So it's like if you're only an immigrant from a certain kind of country, right. then you're not allowed in. Right. Like, how is that any different than, like, you know, Hitler, I right. mean, God. <laughs> I agree. And then at this time, you know, everything that happened in Orlando, yeah. to still be focusing on, you know, he said, you know, I was right, you guys, blah, blah, blah. Now, what about those victims? What about those families? And so it's, it's scary. Yeah. So, um, Back to, you yeah, know, we digress. Yeah, we digress. No, I mean, that's this is why I do care about politics. But I, I there's something that you said that really resonated with me that you said, be yourself. The first time I ever had to do TV, I was freaking out. Like, I, I just was like, oh my God. Like, I'm talking like TV cameras, like network. Scary, you know? though. Yeah, not like a little interview where I'm talking about Sunblock. I'm talking like where I had to. And I remember my friend is friends with Chris Cuomo, one yeah. of the casting girls, and he called me up. Chris freaking Cuomo. Okay, that's amazing. I mean, she she was definitely like helped him call me, but you know, she had like I want you to talk to my friend Chris. I'm like Chris Cuomo. Okay, and this is what he said, and, I, and it's so cliche, but he's like Tabasum, just be yourself. He's right. Everyone else is taken, mm -hmm. and I know everyone's heard that. But Chris Cuomo told me that. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good <laughs> advice. Like before like, your first appearance, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I was like. You know what? He's right. Yeah. Just be me. Do you? Um, and it's it's just bizarre because it doesn't matter how much preparation you have, it still can be nerve wracking. It can be. Do you still get nervous? I don't get nervous doing TV. I get nervous public speaking. Oh really? And I have to do it all the time. So yeah. I hosted a charity event on Tuesday. Uh huh. See, I've hosted it for the past four years, but it's still the scariest thing to me. Like I get nervous, mm -hmm. but um, being on TV, no, I love it. It's like my natural high. But yeah. Public speaking, no thanks. Well, probably because public speaking has a lot to do with a live audience. Yes. And, you and, know. and you could get that immediate feedback if you're failing, if yeah. you're not. Like, it, yeah. it can go either way. So, yeah. I've had a couple of moments. I actually, um, it's funny because when I was in my medical school and my residency training, I was young like you. Mm -hmm. You said you graduated college when you were 20. Yeah. I did too. I started medical when hey. I was 20. And I remember we had these things called grand rounds where once a week the residents had to come in and talk about a medical you know, thing okay. like some kind of medical disease or, you know, whatever. And I remember thinking, holy shit, I'm sitting here giving this speech about this particular disease in front of men and women who have been practicing this since years before I was born. But I bet that, you knocked it out. That was scary. That, that's scary. Like, that was frightening because I, I had to double and triple check every fact and I still got, gr no, I mean, it was, we got grilled. We got, what's the word? Just completely annihilated. Like, we just did. And But don't you think if you survive that, you can do anything? That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. yeah because cool. of that, the public speaking doesn't scare me anymore. Okay, okay. Because that was hella scary. Got it. You know, like, so you can find something in you that's worse than what you're doing when you're in that moment. Okay, I'm going to use that next time. Yeah. I'm think about, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're think right. Think about, like, I would rather be public speaking now than doing 400 squats at the gym. True story. <laughs> True story. Okay, I like or this. Or something else that yeah. makes you nervous. Yeah, because yeah. there have been times where I get up there and I get a little nervous and I think, you know what? These are not the doctors that I know will rip me apart after I'm done. These guys are actually there to enjoy my company. Support, right. Yeah. Oh, so, good thing. Are you involved? 
in any kind of charities and things like that? I, I know that am, you are. Yeah. I am. So one of my big passions, I love students. Like mm-hmm. I feel like my mom, my mom's an educator. My dad's a newspaper president. So really invested in the community. So I work with this organization called Urban Tech, mm. and they bring math and sciences to inner city kids. So that's important. Oh, that's great. Um, and then also I work with Bright Pink. So it's an organization that you know helps with ovarian cancer, breast cancer, prevention and awareness. So those are my two. And did you start doing that since um, the, the ovarian cancer, breast cancer from? Um, DM, yeah. yeah. So she, my friend started an organization called MedGift, which mm-hmm. is a patient gift registry. Um, and one of her greatest, I guess, um, wants was for her patient advocacy to carry on. Mm-hmm. So I promised her I would do that. So yeah, so we do, and we make it understandable. So we do seminars and workshops, we get doctors involved, mm-hmm. um, and we just keep everybody like afloat on what's new, what's happening, so yeah. What's kind of next on the horizon for you with work-wise? Um, okay, oh my gosh. You know what, there's always something. Like, yeah. I'm hosting a few red carpets that I've gotten hired for, writing for time, still working for AP. Uh-huh. So I've been freelancing. I, eventually I have to send a contract, I know, but... Do you uh, kind of enjoy this freelance I period? am enjoying it a it's lot. Because like, you definitely were like contractually obligated yes, for a long time. For a long, for three and a half years. Yeah. So it's really nice to have this this time where I can just do what I want to do. So I'm doing stuff for Fandango. So every day is a different project and I, I like it. Do you feel like this digital network, this like digital meeting, because like Medium is, is blowing up because I, when I started doing, first doing this podcast thing, there are people who literally don't know what podcast was. Which is scary. I'm like, you get on-demand TV, right? Yeah. This is like on-demand radio. Right, right, like, right. I have to look at it like that. Right. Like, oh, it's a generation thing. Like people who are like, above I want to say 35 I agree may not get it as quick and that's terrible because I'm above 35 but I'm saying like they just don't seem to get it as much as like people who are 25 or 15 yeah because that's how people are like younger people that's how they get their news their information they don't have cable they're not watching TV they're doing everything digitally like I would never work at a company that didn't have a digital footprint like it's just not you know and I'm saying this as somebody my father was a newspaper president all of that is dying. TV is mm-hmm. dying. Newspapers are dying. Everything's digital. Okay, so let's talk about reality TV. Okay. Um, I was on a reality TV show. What show? Um, it ha- was a singles project on Bravo, but it was like a little blip a couple years ago. Okay, okay. See, I you know, I we'll see what happened okay. next. Yeah, but that was where I figured I had this. I realized I had this voice because before then I was in my office. I was at little speeches. I maybe little interviews. When I did that, it was like, oh my god! It was like I was given this this realization platform. that I yeah this platform but also realize oh my god I'm actually not bad at this yes. you know so it prof- propelled me forward because I finally felt like I felt I had that passion yeah. I never felt that practicing medicine really I, nope never that surprised me with all because that's a uh-uh. hard field all it is a hard field and I did it because I am um, smart mm-hmm. and I had good grades mm-hmm. and I, I was a gunner as we called it yep. but I never felt that passion you were pushed into that direction I didn't I pushed myself interesting but I, at, and when I found the actual practice of it I didn't love it it was a lot of bureaucracy Mm-hmm. Imagine you're the smartest, most intelligent physicians, and you're dealing with bureaucrats who basically don't allow you to treat a patient because of the insurance issues, or you have patients yep. that aren't um, compliant because they just don't want to be. And it was frustrating for me, mm-hmm. and I felt like I felt like I was tro- spinning in circles sometimes. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, so when I get on a media platform, I'm like, oh my god, people are, are wanting to listen. So you found your calling. Yeah. So um, with reality TV, back to yes. that, um, what do you think it's gonna ha- what, like where it's going with it? Because I know that's not your genre, but you definitely, you interview A-list yeah. and you interview reality people. You know, Where do you think it's going? For a while there, I thought reality TV is going to reach a, a tipping point, the oversaturation point, but I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, yeah. you look at now, there's no difference between Hollywood stars, movie stars, and Kardashians. Yeah. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, there's just not, there's not a line anymore. Also, it's not going anywhere because it's cheap to produce. Yeah. So, 
you know, scripted programming is really expensive. Mm -hmm. Reality program is cheap. And everybody wants their 15 minutes. And they're yeah. always going to have a plethora of people that want to do that. Now, what about the content in reality? Because this is really interesting, um, I find. How much more negative can it get? Like I've had, I've had people like Bravo contact me, um, and, and they want to be like, no, we really want to change the dynamics of what we're doing. It we're tired of the negativity. We want to bring something new to it. I wish I could believe it. I yeah, I can't believe that because people, let's be real. When you watch reality TV, you're watching because of the drama. You're watching because yeah. you want to see Teresa flip a table. You know, you're watching because mm -hmm. you want to see the shenanigans. I don't. Per I watch a lot of reality TV. I, I, I know. Don't tune in. But I get, I'm I getting want tired of moments. it. Well, I kind of want some kumbaya. Like you know, like it's 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 like if you are friends first and then you have a falling out it's more meaningful to yeah. me and then how you resolve it rather than episode one minute three you're already punching each other true but like, there, I, mean, I could watch a UFC fight for that there's some good reality TV like my friend I'm um, Todd Crisley from Crisley Knows Best yeah well he's he's, uh, good. he's hilarious family based exactly so there is some out there I mean but when you watch like I watch Love and Hip Hop which is so ratchet and I shouldn't I even be watching it but see but that's okay the reason Love and Hip Hop is good because they know they're, they know that's what they got that's, yeah. if you're gonna watch Love and Hip Hop you're not looking for you know a Bible study class no not at all I'm, you're looking yeah. to get some kind of drama I get it um, but I'm talking like shows like for example, I don't even know if you've ever heard of this. Um, the Atlanta and there's an LA version of Little Women who oh, are like women, yeah. they're like little housewives. Yeah, I've never seen <gasps> it, but I know I've never, never seen it. That's like the lowest common like low hanging fruit all across the board. Literally, you have, no, you have Little Women. Okay, first of all, that's like I feel like okay, that's already one thing. Right, right. And I and then they're all um, exactly like one is a stripper, one's pregnant by a boyfriend who doesn't want to be with her, and it's like they they get into fights, and I'm like, oh my god. I feel like See, I'm watching a circus. I was gonna say that sounds actually kind of bad. I don't know if I want to watch. That. But I'm thinking that's is that what people want now? Yeah, because the ratings do well. Like look at the shows. Like my friend Jason and Juliana had the show Rich and Faith. They were producing. I don't even know how well it did. It was about a pastor. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people want to see, you know, I think people want to see Ratchet, unfortunately. It's too bad because I would like for people to see a little Ratchet. I agree. And a lot more of how do we come out of the ratchet? Like, like some goodness. Yeah. You got to produce a show then. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, it's funny because I was just in LA and everybody there is like reality. I mean, everybody, you think it is, yeah, everybody, everybody there is. There is. And um, it's, it's always like, what can they, I had one girl who was literally writing down lines for her re reality show? Yeah, like what oh. she was gonna say in case she was confronted by somebody. Like wrote, writing them down. That's and scary. And saying them to us like, what do you think about this? Like you know how Bethany was like, get off my jock? Yeah, yeah, and, like She wanted she, a catchphrase? She wanted catchphrases because she knew to get her more airtime. I, I, look, I guess if you're gonna do it, be the best that ever did it. Like more power to you, girl. I think it's funny, but I just, I, I have a love-hate relationship with reality, but um, I, I, the reason like I like the Housewives of New York, for example, is that they're all friends that yeah. fight. They're not just strangers trying to get in each other's business. They're friends that fight. I know some of them, but this season's so negative. I actually I have know. a hard time watching this season. I do too. Yeah. I'm friends with them too. And yeah. I had Dorinda. I talked to her the yeah. other day. I'm like, girl, how do you keep it? How do you keep it positive? How does she? She's you one of my what? favorites. She said to me something so smart. She's like, I don't take it home with me. It's a job. You know? She's like, you know, whatever happens there, it's like I don't take it home with me. And I know a lot of people in reality that do take it home. Yeah, with them. it's just it's, yeah. This season's a little toxic. Like it I want to support them, intense. but like, ladies, stop screaming at each other and calling each other sluts. Stop. And you know what's funny? When I want to relax, I don't want to like see people fighting. When it's I relax. Exactly. <laughs> like, like like it's like jarring. Like, yes. You, so, um, I just love like for you know I just love everything that you're about in terms Thank of like you. your positivity. And I'm I'm happy to have met you. 
Thank you for and, having me. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd love to have you on again someday. Maybe we could talk about a show that you're covering. But I just Let's wanted people to get the sense of, like, there's a lot more to you than the glam Thank you. that they see. Uh, and it's substance. And Thank people you. need to know that, especially if they want to, like, follow in your footsteps. I very much appreciate that. Because it's a double-edged sword, you yeah. know. Going to E was such a great time. But then, you know, people now associate, they dumb you down when yeah. you don't need to be. So I appreciate that. Yeah. If I could ask you just for the parting words for anyone yeah. listening, if somebody wanted your job in five years, what advice would you tell them? I would tell them the advantage people have now is that you have the internet, right? So like when I was coming out of college, nobody had blogs. Like that, just, that hadn't started yet. I wish If you want to be, do what I'm doing in five years, do it now. Yeah. Like create your blog, create your That's podcast, put your voice out there. And that way, not only do you have a platform, you start using your your, your your skills and improving them. Did that come out? Yeah. That's the best advice ever. Thank you. Honest to God, just do it now. Do it. Everyone just do it now. That's it. Um, I loved having you on. Oh, thank you for having me. I'd love Yay. to have you back sometime. What's oh, your, absolutely. What's your social media and everything so people Oh, can. so it's Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A-L, and then Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. That's my Snapchat, my Instagram, my Twitter, everything. I'm gonna follow you on Snapchat I'll now. follow you back, girl. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you, it's good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.